song again. the Two Brothers, One Dead Dad podcast. Today, Jay Bear and I are going to talk about our father, Crazy Bill, and more specifically about his hoarding. As Jay Bear said on the last episode, our dad was a hoarder before hoarding was cool. So dude, like when did you, like when did you realize dad was a hoarder? You know, I didn't realize until a year or two ago because in my mind yeah in my mind he wasn't a hoarder because I didn't really see him like in my mind hoarding was collecting specific things which is wrong I think it's like a misconception Uh, so I thought he was just really really lazy and messy and definitely had some kind of mental thing tied to that but I didn't really call it hoarding for a long time yeah, and you know what's funny? Like, even though I'm pretty sure he is or was a hoarder, sometimes I like what you just said about being pretty messy or pretty lazy. Like, sometimes I wonder if that's not it. I mean, so do you think he was a hoarder? I think. Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I don't think it's good to label people sometimes, but I think if you had to define it i would define it as hoarding so do you think so sorry uh you know i do and that's in part because um i've been reading this book called stuff compulsive hoarding and the meaning of things and actually what happened is i ran across a subreddit i'm a big reddit fan and i ran across a subreddit on hoarding it's like oh this looks pretty interesting and i just kind of read the fact and they recommended this book and the fact i was like and even though jay bear and i had kind of you know kiddingly called our dad a hoarder it's one of those things that i never really I want to say I wouldn't, I didn't think about it because I mean, actually when he was really sick and needed an electric wheelchair to get around and he couldn't live in his own house, Jay Bear and I started talking about, you know, what kind of resources or what kind of help we could get him. And there's church groups that help clean up quarters houses and things like that. So I think it was then I was like, you know, if the problem is so bad, he can't live in his own home that's really really serious but all that to say that like sometimes i i wonder like was it just laziness or like so why you know so to somebody who doesn't know him how would you how would you describe him and how would you like to you what made him a hoarder so first of all maybe set the scene like describe our dad's house and describe his habits so our dad's house um there were constantly reams and reams of newspaper that he had read he didn't want to throw away um not newspapers but you know like fast food wrappers well yeah i was gonna get into that like so like somewhat utilitarian things like newspapers or things like that or magazines that had long expired um 
that he never picked up again but just for whatever reason he didn't want to get rid of and like you were saying fast food wrappers paper plates even dirty paper plates that he was just insistent that we didn't clean up and i mean how messy was his house i know but can you paint a picture i mean it's almost indescribable you know as i'm sure you remember it would be really hard to navigate around it sometimes just because of all the things on the floor right right all the papers um extremely messy and it's weird you know i was listening to one thing about this young lady who talked about her parents being hoarders but she didn't know what it was called back then and how a common thing with hoarders is that they have so much stuff that it makes living in their house either impossible or really, really impractical. And how it can affect other things too, like utilities. You know, like she had plumbing issues with her toilet. And do you remember how we had to like bail water into our toilet to flush? That's right. Our toilet got broken. And instead of, especially, I actually just fixed, you know, the one good thing about lockdown is it's forced me to like, you know, become handy, handier than I usually like to be. But I fixed like something on our sink the other day and I just watched a little YouTube video and I realized like to fix a toilet, he uh, he just would have had to buy the like the guts the inside he probably could have fixed that toilet for like you know 20 minutes worth of research and like 15 dollars worth of parts from home depot right so and i don't even know what was wrong with the toilet all i knew is that the flush stopped working so we had to keep a bucket um like right in the shower and basically had to fill up a bucket with water and throw it down the toilet to flush the toilet Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember like opening the door and just having like push junk out of the way. I would say in a lot of ways, the living room was uh, not the least messy, but the least messy of the common areas. It was the kitchen that was just like atrocious, insane, atrocious. I mean, when you moved, when you first moved in, how was the house? Do you remember? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, Grandma had moved out not that long ago, kind of like we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. And so it was a little messy from what I remember, but not horrible. Um, One thing I do remember is it being really dusty. Like he had obviously never vacuumed. But I just felt like, you know, after I got there, it just gradually escalated. And another thing I was thinking about today was how he had been you know, kind of semi-promising all summer that he was going to clean out my room and fix it. But he didn't. I don't remember that. Yeah, and it kind of goes to what you were saying, because I was thinking, like, well, Josh was in Cleveland with me for the summer, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. Right, so, like, what really did he have to do besides work? Like, how hard would it have been for him just to spend, like, a little bit of time each weekend? Right. I basically had a what most people would call an unlivable bedroom. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. you had dad's old bedroom, I think. Yeah. And you moved into grandma's bedroom. And what was it? Was there just junk back there? I know there was a million books and million, I don't know what else. Yeah. A million books, junk, um, newspapers, of course. Did you have a real mattress? No. I slept on the floor for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So did I, even though I had bought myself a little, um, futon when I moved back in, like I would sleep on the floor a lot of times. And yeah, I mean, as far as painting, a, painting the scene, uh, you know, have to sometimes fight to, you know, push junk away to open the door, walk through about like a foot or so of trash in the living room. The bathroom actually was like, even though it was, wasn't workable, like not much stuff accumulated in the bathroom, but in, in the kitchen, yes. In the storeroom, yes. In his bedroom, yes. Although he kept his bed pretty clear. Like, I don't remember, was his bedroom messy? I, don't, I mean, of course it was messy, but how bad was his bedroom? I, I don't really remember. No, you're right. Like the floor was definitely messy, but his bed was always pretty clear. Yeah. I guess that was his personal space or. But I mean, what was really kind of shocking and maybe or not shocking, but was really kind of telling because, you know, after we both moved out, like I'd only gone back into the house two or three times or something like that was his car. Like when you saw his car, you knew how bad it was. I mean, he had. You know, he had a place to sit and drive. But besides that, his car was just like you couldn't sit in the passenger seat. You couldn't sit in the back seat. I mean, it was like right. so messy. Right. And do you remember kind of like, you know, as one would probably expect with all this garbage sitting around, do you remember the rodent problem that he had? Yeah, well, I remember. So I moved out when I was almost 16 or just I think I just turned 16 and I lived away for about a year. And I remember when I was talking about moving back and I guess I had it in my head to like maybe become a mortician or something like that. And he's like. He's basically like, oh, prove you can do it by like picking up this dead mouse or something like that. Like, yeah, what was the rodent problem? Do you remember? I mean, just because there was, cause some... I, yeah, but I mean, because I did clean up some, especially if I remember right, my room, a little bit of the living room, and I feel like I tried to help you get your room at least a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, but it might, it, it probably got really bad while I was gone. Yeah, yeah. So the rodent problem, because there was so much trash, mice would be living there and um, he would buy rat poison. I don't know if you remember, but he actually had a jar of cyanide. No, I don't remember that. (laughs) That he kept in that little um, hallway right before the, off the main hallway and before the bathroom, you know, that little entryway. Oh yeah, he kept all his stolen chemicals there. So our dad was a wastewater treatment operator at a at like a manufacturing plant and an engine manufacturing plant. And he seemed to kind of delight in, you know, I know he like he stole a bottle of Quicksilver and he probably he would like steal chemicals from work and it would just like make his day. Yes. So is that where he got the cyanide? I believe so, yeah. And he would tell me that he would like put it in a little bit of peanut butter for the mice. Gotcha. So yeah, we would find um, dead mice all over the place. And it was really disgusting. Like sometimes they'd be decomposed and just really nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's eventually why we eventually got a cat. Because I kind of wanted one. And he's like, well, yeah, it might help out with the mouse problem. So... That's right. And OC was the first cat, right? OC stood for our cat. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. Um, and then it was cleaner while I lit, like it, it wasn't as messy when you and me were basically, were basically both going to college. Was it? I mean, I know it was messy enough where I had very few girlfriends who I let in the house or very few friends. Right. How was it then? 
it was still really messy. Um, he would let me keep it a little bit cleaner. Yeah. You know, but it was still, I very, very rarely had anybody over also. Yeah. And I think he was, aw- and he was aware of it. And I, do you think he was embarrassed by it? Cause sometimes I would think, no, he's almost oddly proud of it. But then, you know, so for instance, once our house got broken into soon after I moved back and when the cops came, he said like, oh yeah. And they ransacked the place to kind of make an excuse for the mess. That's right. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he was embarrassed or do you think he was wor- worried about getting cited by the city? No, I think any of the reasons he gave were just a front. I think he was embarrassed because remember how the only person I remember coming over, like a friend of his was that girlfriend, Sherry. Right. You know, our grandma never came. Our aunt never came. That's right. No work buddies ever came. So I think he knew that it was, you know, not proper or whatever. Right. And then, um, Like when you guys live together, I mean, so you guys move, you live, you know, you move into an apartment on, on, you know, Indian school on 17th Ave or whatever. Like, how did, how, like, so you kind of got to see his mess start from like, you know, an empty apartment to, you know, a hoarder's place. I mean, what was, what happened? Like, did he just bring a bunch of junk with him? Like when a hoarder gets a new apartment, how does they, how do they become a hoarder again? I guess is my question. He came with like a minimal amount of stuff and then eventually like the newspaper and burger wrappers and paper products would accumulate. Yeah. Um, but like it never really got to the point where it was at his old house. Right. So going I mean, back. Yeah, go ahead. No, just like when we lived there is you know, younger than younger than that. Like when you were in college and even before, what did you think of it at the time? I mean, honestly, I just thought he was super lazy and super messy. Like, I didn't think, I don't think it was until later. And I'm that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like, when did I know it was a real problem? Like, I, I think it it's when he couldn't live in his own home that it was like, oh my God, this isn't like a lazy, I mean, I, so do you know what I'm saying? Like, so I knew it was pathological, but I just thought it, honestly, I just thought it was pathological, like laziness and messiness, just like, because also when I first moved there, you know, grandma was living there and she'd cleaned up. So I just think he, you know, it seemed to me that he just didn't like to clean and he was just better off, you know, not cleaning and was able to like be okay with the mess. Um, but you know, and part of the reason I mentioned that book that I was reading earlier is because, you know, it talks about like how a lot of hoarders, they have this impression that they will always need whatever they're like, oh, well, I might need this. I might need that. And the guy also talked about kind of having this like cocoon or bunker mentality. And I think dad definitely had like a bunker mentality of like, like it was kind of his safe space, if that makes any sense. And what do you think? Yeah. And go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, and when you tried to talk to him, like, did you, did you ever use the word hoarder in front of him? Like, or to him? No, never. Did you? I don't think so. No. Um, and then, oh, and then also, so one, not being able to live in his own house, I was like, okay, this is, must be like really bad. And then two, everywhere he went, he would just like basically try to recreate his mess. And that was like, oh, okay. That's not just laziness. It's like, 
like he almost would build the cocoon around him. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did wonder, though, at that time was, um, you know, like I said earlier, I wasn't thinking about the word hoarder, but depression. Yeah. You know, just when people kind of stop caring, I wondered if some of it was that. What I know, like, you know, like that was almost like kind of one of his rationalizations for kind of letting himself go physically. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm 45 years old. I don't care. I'm too old to be vain or whatever. Which now is seems, weird to think about. Yeah, it's totally weird. To th- I, mean, I mean, I'm 47 and you're just a couple, 45. you know, you're. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Can you imagine us telling our kids, like, I don't care. I'm not going to take care of anything. I'm 45. <laughs> I know. He right? always had a really skewed, like, attitude towards age, I thought, though. What do you mean? Like, he thought he was way, way older than he was. He thought, like, when he was 40, he talked about how old he was. And even at the time, I remember thinking, like, dude, you're only 40. That's not old. And he, yeah, yeah. kind of like what you were saying. He thought, why bother with anything? Yeah. Yeah, so like, do you think he did get safety from his like do you think what do you think of my like that observation I had about it feeling like kind of like his cocoon or his like bunker I think he had to have felt that I don't because, know why but yeah well because one of the things he hoarded were firearms right I mean he he you know basically had like I don't know how many guns in the house 30 40 I would have guessed 20, but you would probably have a better idea. I don't know. I just know yeah. there would be like, there was rifles under the couches. There was rifles. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, right. there was a gun stuck. You know, there were like guns hidden all over the place. And I know dad kind of always had this apocalyptic, like, how how would you explain to a stranger, somebody who didn't know dad, his kind of like ap- apocalyptic leanings? I think dad was... Um, very paranoid by nature you know and i think he always felt like the shit was going to go down at any minute right and he needed to protect himself i think his main focus of that paranoia was like the government just because how he had had run-ins with it before right you know kind of like he was almost like always looking over his shoulder if that makes sense yeah which for background for listeners he was arrested in 1976 i think for conspiracy to overthrow the u.s government and you know the way he tells it he was with like you know some kind of anti-government activists but they had never done anything like illegal and then one of the jackasses that he was kind of you know they would print up pamphlets and stickers like you know whatever screw the police and like the time for revolution is now and just you know just young kind of idealist slogans i i but and then the way he tells it one of the guys got involved in some kind of insurance scheme and blew up a helicopter and when the federal agents caught this guy they're like hey we know you're involved with this you know militia anti-government militia give us names and then one day you know dad was walking to his car and and he said he kind of felt that something was going on and before he got arrested like Mm -hmm. he was kind of being tagged uh followed and he was walking to his car after a shift at the factory and he saw these people just kind of like almost like he's like yeah it was almost like stereotypical fbi guys like trying to look like factory workers like it was almost comical Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. how how they were and he said they 
all of a sudden they started walking towards him as he was about to open his door. And then he threw his keys away because he knew if he didn't open his door that they couldn't search inside it or something like that. Yeah. So he was, you know, I mean, that's the thing about dad is, yes, he was paranoid, but in a weird sort of way, you would be too, probably if you'd gotten like, had just been some kind of like anti-government activist but never done anything wrong. And then all of a sudden they're trying to tell you that you, so I think his official charges were like conspiracy to overthrow the U S government by violent means or something like that. So. Right. Right. Which there's a picture of me in mom's arms on the front page of the Arizona Republic from back then at one of his court appearances. Wow. Yeah. Which I would like to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember uh, it was right around that time I won uh, the Little Mr. Phoenix talent contest. That's right. And I was supposed to be in a parade. And I think I was in the parade, but uh, there was supposed to be like a front page article about me or, you know, just whatever, like little boy wins Little Mr. Phoenix and he's a parade marshal, honorary parade marshal or something. <laughs> And dad said that he, they, they didn't do it because he, he said that the feds asked the paper not to do it because they didn't want to show like this, you know, little cute little boy was, you know, and then it would kind of detract from like this narrative they were trying to paint around about, you know, about and around our father. Right. Right. But dude, let's get back to the depression. So you yeah. kind of thought it was, and, and maybe that was like the root cause, but like, what makes you say dad was depressed how he lived kind of like we talked about how he didn't take care of himself was one thing um yeah you know how he would go on alcohol benders yeah you know drink a lot it was funny because he didn't really drink a lot from what i remember often he He didn't didn't drink often, often but when he did he really drank yeah like maybe once a month once every other month he would just basically on a friday night like come home with some vodka and then we just knew it was going to be like basically he would go through like three or four decent sized bottles of vodka over the weekend and when he got he didn't get like tipsy he got like sloshed yeah like you know i remember many times him like passing out on the toilet and mm-hmm. you know passing out on the front porch like i'm sure you remember that too oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, he had had conversations with me too, saying he felt like he had nothing to live for. So if that's and, not and depression, you know, I don't right. know what it is. So do you think the hoarding was just like an expression of his depression or like a symptom? You know what I mean? Like if yeah. he wasn't depressed, do you think he would have been a hoarder? I think no. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Probably not. I mean, you know, it's hard to. Right. It's hard, it's to, hard to say un, undo cause and effect. And mm-hmm. it's funny because like right after he died, like I think, you know, I thought about like how much influence he'd had on me, you know, like overall for the good. Cause, I mean, I think that's something important to note. Like, right. Our dad was a complicated guy, but like I think he had a real moral center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think deep, and I think he was a sweet man in a weird, in a weird sort of way. I think he was actually very sweet. Like sometimes when oh, I yeah. get, when I like yell at Leo or whatever, like dad had his harsh side in a way, but I mm-hmm. think he was like a fundamentally like sweet man, if that makes any sense. No, for sure. It does. I think you're right. Um, and far as like depression and, um, hoarding being intermingled. Mm-hmm. So it, 
after he died, I was, and then I was thinking about like, well, he, you know, I'm this way because he was that way. And then, well, he was that way. And I don't know, it's, it's something I'm still kind of struggling with how to uh, convey it, but it's like, there isn't cause and effect. There's only effects that have other effects. And like, you can't go back far enough. Like, it's like turtles upon turtles. Like you, there's always another, like to say cause and effect simplifies things too much. It's like right. every, every effect creates another effect, creates another effect. And so that's why, you know, it's hard to say if he wasn't, dep- you know, like, was it depression that made him a hoarder or a hoarder that made him? I mean, which sounds came first, but probably depression because yeah, you don't start exactly. hoarding when you're happy. And then, right. So why do you, why? So, and why do you think dad was depressed? I don't know if there was a why or if there has to be a why, you know, I think there's probably just, he had some kind of chemical imbalance. Do you think so? Yeah, I do. Uh, I know he would probably, I know he told me, you know, after he retired and also like our dad retired really early. He retired at like the age of 52. Actually, he was like 49 or 50 at the latest. You're kidding me. Yeah. No, just to emphasize it even more. Considering considering I'm almost at age. Oh man, I would love to retire then. (laughs) Um, But uh, like he definitely did mellow out quite a bit in retirement like he got into you know whereas before he was he probably would have voted he he probably would have been like a hardcore MAGA Trumpian he got very he got very into social justice Mm -hmm. and like handing out flyers uh you know like in Spanish about like you know you in front of construction sites to the to the Mexican workers like you know you don't have to be a citizen to be union you know don't get exploited all this kind of stuff yeah so like he, he's definitely a person who changed and grew and evolved a lot and maybe that's another reason I kind of wanted to talk about hoarding because uh-huh. and and or depression but that is something that he never shook like there was never like you know what son that was I don't know why I let my house get so trashed that I couldn't even live there like that was a big mistake like yeah he that kind of remained his big blind spot right right and he he would have said that he was depressed i mean i know that he told me you know when he was in this kind of mellower mellowed out nicer guy kind of you know more social justice outlook on the world that that uh his divorce with mom like had screwed him up for a long time he's like son it took me a long long time to get over your mother yes so so, I mean, what else makes, I know that, I mean, this is kind of hardcore, but like he would ask you like, should I kill myself? Like, right. Like t- tell me oh. about that. man. Oh yeah. There was one time in particular, he would say that often sometimes. And I kind of knew he was just, I like, don't want to say what, say like, oh, you know, should I kill myself? I don't have anything to live for. And I kind of felt sometimes like he was just seeking attention, right. maybe wrongly, but there was one time in particular where I just got like a different sense of heaviness. Like he really meant it. And he was on one of his, you know, binge drinking escapades. Right. And he was just like, yeah, okay, good night, son. I love you. You know, it was really great knowing you and being your father and have a good life. Yikes. Yeah. And, but I mean, a, a, a lot more heavy than that, you know, I'm right. I just had a heart to heart and kind of told him, you know, I'm not saying it was the right thing to say, but I just tried to talk him out of it and pointed out like what he had to live for and how much, 
you know, I know it's a cliche, but some cliches are true. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think it was great. I mean, dude, you might have saved dad's oh, life. Yeah. Yeah. He told me that I did later. Really? Yeah. When he, when he sobered up. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what did he say? It's like, son, you know, thanks a lot for that talk. You know, you may have saved my life. And I didn't really put that much weight on it at the time. Um, I don't know why I, I, I just kind of felt like what I had told him was just the least that I could do, you know, and I, I didn't really want credit for it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. And wasn't there, was this the same time that he's like, should I kill myself or get another handle of vodka? Did, is, am I misremembering that? Like, wasn't there one time where you're just like, dad, why don't you just get yourself another bottle of vodka and just fall asleep? Or am I wrong? That doesn't, I don't remember that, but uh, that sounds like something that totally could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. When he would get really drunk. Yeah. Did you ever feel like sometimes he kind of was more easygoing and kind of just went along with things more or no? Sometimes. Yeah. I think there was like a certain level. Uh, He would, I mean, he would still be very, you know, but like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, I mean, as I, I'm sure I've told you when I first moved there, I moved there in the summer of 86, kind of like midsummer or something like that. And then I know my, you know, grandma went on vacation with Aunt Julie in San Diego. And I had kind of like my dad, you know, dad had told us about or told me about like, oh yeah, people cruise central. And I was like, hey dad, why don't we cruise central in grandma's car? Cause she had this like awesome, super huge 1976 Lincoln Continental. He was like, okay. So we cruised, we cruised uh, central in that car and he bought some like root beer schnapps or something and put it in my, I basically dude, when I, me and dad used to drink together, you know, uh-huh. And so like, yeah, we had a great time. You know, he would always put on the, I mean, as you know, all too well, <laughs> when he got drink, when he got drunk, he would always put on the blues brothers, the movie. I mean, I've right. seen that movie <laughs> many, many times. And basically I, I would, I would be willing to bet that dad has probably only seen it sober one or two times in his life, but he's seen it drunk probably 40, 50, a hundred times. Oh, easy. So he definitely had this kind of script where when he would drink, he would be like more right jolly. I mean, what do you think? What's your take? No, I agree. And I think he would, um, you know, be more likely to be like, oh, guys, let's get a pizza or fast food. Yeah. Which, you know, of course, I didn't mind. Um, yeah. And sometimes in a weird sort of way, I felt like he was more out of my hair. Like if he was just kind of drink all night and then just kind of pass out the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the mess though, man, I mean, how did you deal with it? I mean, cause you had friends, you had like, you know, how did you deal with it? I mean, and then I'll tell you how I dealt with it, but I'd be curious to hear from you first. I tried to clean up as much as I could, um, which he wasn't happy about. Like, right. I'm sure you remember the story where I told you I was cleaning up one day and he's like, son, this is the living room, not the cleaning room. Right. You know, it's like, dad, okay, then live here. And living isn't just like tons of old newspapers. Like, come on. Yeah. But other than that, you know, he didn't really mind if I kept my room clean. I still, like I said, I never had anybody over just because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I knew it was wrong. 
yeah other than that i felt like at the time that's all the only ways i could handle it just do what i could the most that i could right I mean, that was the funny thing about dad is at least like, yeah, it was a super messy house. But I mean, you know, not to like paint us like in a woe is me picture, but at least it was stability. I mean, that's like the kind of the crazy thing about dad is for all his faults, he at least gave us a stability that we didn't have before. Like I would prefer... I don't know, like now it's hard to say, but, you know, at the time I obviously preferred a super messy house where I could at least have my own little, you know, oasis of semi order and at least knowing like, okay, we're going to have the phone. We're going to have electricity. Uh-huh. He's going to keep his job. He's going to keep his car. Then like moving. Cause like, you know, you probably have similar numbers, but between kindergarten and fifth grade, I went to 11 different schools and I mean, that was hard. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, and then like, so the way I dealt with it is like, I know that we both try to keep the living room, you know, and it was still embarrassingly messy, but it wasn't, hoarding level or at least not to our eyes but but you know i'm sure to other people it was like shocking mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll tell you you know before i moved out i had um you know tried to straighten up my room and i was telling cat about it and like i had her come over and like see my room that i had like cleaned up it was like you know you were at school dad was at work or whatever and later on she told me she's like man josh my heart kind of broke for you because you were like talking about your room and how clean and organized it was and you'd gotten this like little like you know mexico blanket from no galas and you know like she was expecting, I don't know, like actually like a room that looked kind of okay or decent or Mm -hmm. nice. And she's like, man, it just looked so crappy. And she wasn't saying that in a way to be mean to me, but like, man, my, she's just like, my heart broke for you because you know, what most people would say was like, Oh my God, that guy lives in a hovel was at least like such a step up from the rest of the house that she's like, my heart kind of broke for you. Right. Yeah. No doubt. So what else, man? Like, well, did you ever, this is probably just a me thing, but back then, did you ever like think like, you know, you kind of talked about at least it was stable, but did you ever wonder like, you know, is this something that if people found out about it, we could be taken away or he could be penalized? Because I had that worry a lot sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. That like we would, oh, you know what? I didn't get the, we would be taken away. I didn't think about that as much, but I did think about like, what if dad gets in trouble or what if they like condemn our house? So maybe I kind of did, but a, a thing or two removed, like, but also because I was a couple years older than you, it's like, okay, if I get taken away at like 16, 17, I could basically go live on my own. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Since I was closer to 18, but no, I didn't know that you thought that. Yeah. I about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was weird. So I mean, no, I was just worried. But no, I no. So uh, I all I was gonna say, I was just worried about like getting in trouble with the city. I remember there was one time where he was super duper drunk, and I was trying to sleep, and he kept playing, you know, an album on that like old TV slash record player, really mm-hmm. loud. I think it was Shahrazad or something. Mm-hmm. One of his like you know drunk tracks, or maybe it was Billy Thorpe, Children of the Sun, but um. 
like I was so pissed and I was so exhausted that I went out with my 357 and I aimed it at the record player. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And do you remember you did that another time for um, um, he loved the Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed. And one time he was blaring um, Monkey Man and you were like, you were <laughs> You were like, yeah, motherfucker, you are a monkey. And you were like screaming. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And then what happened? And then did I did I threaten the record player with a gun, uh-huh. basically? Basically, yeah. And he just was like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize it was disturbing you. <laughs> oh, my God. It was hilarious. I mean, yeah. But sometimes, but I remember one of those times that basically if I thought we had a clean house... Like if we would have had a house where we wouldn't have gotten in trouble, I would have shot that damn record player. <laughs> no, I was so frustrated, but I knew that if a neighbor heard a gun go off and the cops came and all this, that like, that, yeah, we would basically lose our house. It would be a huge deal for sure. It'd yeah. be a huge deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did kind of have a little bit more of a temper back then, didn't I? You did. Yeah. 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 Well, at least I've mellowed a little bit. Oh, definitely. No, I don't remember going off on him and threatening to shoot the record player when I was playing Monkey Man. I actually love that song, but yeah, now, now, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny. A lot of his drunk jams are like music that I actually like a lot now. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I remember like it was weird too. Like you know, I, I don't know if you ever had this thought or if we've ever talked about this, but. Like when I first moved out there, I thought it was awesome that dad was so crazy and rock and roll because it was like fun. It was like mm-hmm. basically like moving in with like a big brother, like kind of a crazy, but you know, overall nice big brother. Right. But I remember like as I got, you know, in my higher teens, like in lower 20s, and especially when I had to start like making decisions, like what should be my major and blah, 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 that. Like I sometimes I wished he was more of a dad and less of a pal. Yeah. That makes sense. No, it makes total sense. Because like, yeah, it was super fun to get drunk with him and, you know, like we've done dr- we've done drugs together and we've drank a lot and you know, smoked cigarettes and stuff and that was cool. But um yeah, I don't know, man. Like there was definitely, you know, especially like having to make those big choices about adulthood like uh-huh. I don't know, dude. I honestly didn't really ask his advice on stuff or share problems with him because I don't know, like I and I guess my thing, like, yeah, it's weird because he he did have, you know, a lot of great qualities, but then I there was times when I just wished he just would grow up a little bit. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. And honestly, I saw the um the the messiness, the hoarding for a long time. I just saw it as him like basically being like a big kid, like refusing to grow up, refusing to like take care of his own space. And right. And he kind of, re- you know, refused to take care of his cars and this and that. And like everything in our house was broken. Yeah. And like, do you remember our washing and drying machine? Uh-huh. I mean, you basically had to make love to those things to get them to work. <laughs> and the microwave also. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the microwave. Yeah. Well, it's funny what you said about him refusing to grow up. Do you remember he would always sing that Peter Pan song? Like, no, I don't. I don't no. want to grow up. I want to stay a kid. I refuse to grow up. There's some Peter Pan song where it talks about like, I don't want to grow up. He'd always sing that like and say that was his anthem. That's yeah. I mean, at least makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. At least he was self-aware on that. 
But you know what? Like thinking about it, I I think there was just like some. Un, I mean, he took he would take you know speaking of chemicals and stuff, he would take lithium, um, like a little bit of lithium here and there, yeah. to kind of like yeah. even him out. I wonder why do you think he never got if he kind of knew he was depressed enough to take lithium? Why do you think he never went to the doctor and just got on like antidepressants? I don't know. Um, somewhat unrelated, but not really. He once told me that, you know, for his drinking, that he went to AA for a few meetings, but stopped because, you know, in his mind, he thought he didn't have it as bad as other people. So maybe it was like a similar thing for that, you know? Maybe. Which, yeah. when you think about it objectively, is kind of weird because I think he did have it kind of bad Depre- yeah, depression, I- I'm saying. Yeah. You know, what's like the older I get, the more this is, uh, the more I realize this is true. Like if we just were easy on ourselves, if we were as easy on ourselves as we would be to a friend, like if dad saw a friend who was drinking like that and was living like that, he'd be like, dude, you need to go get some help. But we, it's like we expect we hold ourselves to higher standards in a weird sort of way or like, Oh, it's not that bad for me. Cause you like, you don't want to be self pitying and like, Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I need help. But if you gave yourself as much gentleness and understanding as you would give like a good friend, people would treat themselves so much nicer in my opinion. Yeah. And I agree for sure. It's- and as far as I as, I mean, isn't it true though? Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and as far as um, like how I dealt with it, I mean, you know, just I had very few friends over, um, you know, and it sucked. Like as I got old, like towards the latter part of college, I can't remember if that was the house cleaner when I was like kind of finishing college or was it, did I just not give a give a care as much because i know that like that girl jamie i would have her over at the house Uh um maybe you and i were just more on top of it i think we were more on top of it i think you're right yeah and i don't remember this for sure but i have to wonder if like one of us or both of us kind of put our foot down a little bit to make it i feel like yeah Cause I felt like there was a lot of times, especially as we got older, where it was kind of like you and me versus him. And we're like, right. Cause I, and tell me if I'm just imagining this, but I feel like there was times where I was like, Oh, dad's sleeping. Let's clean up the living room or, or they, mm-hmm. does that sound right? That does sound right. Yeah. Cause I even have memories of like you and me, like throwing out a bunch of like taking the garbage out and throwing out a bunch of newspapers and like knowing dad would be pissed, but just being like, whatever, he's not going to do anything to the both of us like yeah i feel like the older we got the more we banded together to be like uh no this is bullshit right and one time um you know you talked about all those books in my room and one time when he was passed out i took all of them and put them in that shed that we had in the back oh that's right and he was pissed but i mean you know nothing really came of it he he was disappointed but he kind of just dropped it you know so i think that kind of like emboldened us a little bit yeah that sounds right because Mm -hmm. i do feel like you know before i like kind of moved out before i went to israel um and just kind of like basically you know maybe moved back in for a couple weeks after israel um but that, yeah, I just think you and I were old enough where we kind of knew that it was like, I think we got old enough to realize the ridiculousness of it and just be like, uh, no, right. cleaning the living room. Right. Um, 
because I very distinctly remember like that, you know, that one night that uh, my girlfriend at the time lost my wallet. Remember she had that little friend of hers over too. I, you, you might not remember, but yes, there was no, a time when Jamie, yeah, Jamie and her friend came over and I remember like you and her friend were hanging out in the living room and I can like, I remember being able to see the couch, the blue of the couch. Um, so I know it couldn't have been that bad because sometimes like you couldn't tell what t- color the couch was because there were so many papers and so much junk and all that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. It's weird. So let me ask you now, um, you know, I know the answer to this, but do you think that that affected you in terms of how clean of a house you keep and what your attitudes towards that are? For sure. Like talk no, about influence. Sure. Like it was almost like an opposite influence. Yeah, it was a negative influence. I mean, yeah. Even though, you know, it's actually one of the one of my bigger sources of frustration. Me too. And you know, it of just like, you know, and this is why I dream sometimes about living in Scottsdale because, you know, here in San Francisco, we're trying to have like, you know, kind of a suburban life in the middle of the city. Like we just have so much junk and it's probably if I had to name one thing that bugged me the most, the most often, it's just how much stuff there is in my house. Right. And right. it's nobody's fault in a way because it's like, you know, we have two little kids. They want to keep their stuff. I, you know, sometimes I just feel like, you know, my wife is a great cook. She bakes bread. She take makes like Madeleine and mm-hmm. all these like French things and, you know, French pastries and breads that all kind of need their own kind of pans. And yeah, I mean, it's super stresses me out, like probably more than it should. But like, I hate, I hate mess. I hate clutter. I really wish that I could have one room like my dream is to have one room that's like basically zen like if I had a room with hardly anything in it that would make me so happy right no I totally agree and like with my kids my biggest frustration probably is just when they won't pick up after themselves or clean their room yeah and one time I even tried to explain to them you know as delicately as I could, but kind of trying to get the point across, like what it was like at dad's and that this is why it's important to me, you know? How did they react to that? They, they understood. I mean, they're still not like the best cleaners, but it was like after yeah. I kind of lost my temper one time and you know, I apologize, but just tried to explain it a little bit. Yeah. No, like I love taking, I mean, one of the hardest things of lockdown is we'd gotten in the habit, you know, before shelter in place, we'd gotten in the habit of like, I don't know, every two, three, four weekends, like taking a bunch of stuff to Goodwill and, uh, like that, you know, not being able to get rid of junk has just exacerbated my, my, you know, overall just kind of stress and frustration levels. Yeah. Um, and I, that's honestly one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is just like being able to like take more junk to Goodwill. Right. Um, right. And, you know, it also doesn't help that like, you know, one of our friend, you know, one of our French friends are moving back to, you know, French family people that we know are moving back to France and they brought a bunch of like extra toys over for the kids. So like we kind of had it under control and now there's like oh, four geez. more huge boxes yeah. of toys. To yeah. With. So, Yeah. How else do you think it's affected you? Because I have to say, like, your place is, I, I love your place. It's like mm-hmm. very, yeah, you, know, you have enough to be comfortable, but your, your, your place is definitely not like overflowing with stuff. No, no. I've always, since I moved out of like his, 
place. I've always made a point to try to be as minimalist as possible without like really depriving myself. Um, I mean, and I, and to be fair, I think you've done better than I have because like, hmm. you know, I have like two skateboards. I mean, just Mm -hmm. because I'm a little bit of a, like a, you know, when I get into a sport, I, and I have like three guitars and stuff, but so you have done better than I have, but I'm sorry. So how else does it affect you? No, just that mainly just trying to be, you know, conscious of it. Um, you know, I, I just feel really, really tense when my apartment gets even a little messy to what he or like even some other people would think was just so, so, but I think it's just like awful. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a right. source of anxiety that I always like find myself having to try to stay on top of. Um, and then just thinking about it a lot is how it affected me, you know? Yeah. Do you think it was, do you think this might sound kind of silly, but do you think there could be PTSD related to that? Just the living conditions? Or do you think that's going a little too far? I know. I don't think it's going too far, especially if you had like, you know, if you were worried about like us basically losing our one source of stability because it was so messy. I don't think that's going too far at all. I think the way I think about it is that uh like i think about how it might have affected me socially like you know like i always used to kind of be bummed that like dad didn't like have people over to the house and just kind of was a recluse and you know i know that when i started college i felt very just awkward like you know people are amazed today they're like what you seem so at ease and so like I have some people say I'm charming I mean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, like, wow, I wouldn't, but like, dude, I, I don't know what you think, but like, I was pretty damn socially awkward when I started college. Oh yeah. And I felt really uncomfortable, uh-huh. like talking to girls, like oh, making for sure. friends, all for that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, dude. There were plenty of times in high school where like, you know, you know, I did have friends and people would want to come over and I would just try to think of one excuse or another girls would want to come over and you know i felt like i kind of you know i would see them like at their house or parties and stuff but not our house so i just kind of felt like i missed out on that whole like social part of like being in high school and having people over and stuff like that yeah no me too yeah and and yeah that me too and i know that it kind of bummed me out you know even as a teenager, like, oh, I wish dad would like have like, you know, get togethers and invite just friends for dinner. I just miss that kind of like. Totally. Sociab- sociability. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I and I would get more bummed out about that than a lot of, you know, that. So that's how it affected me was just at the time, like, fuck, man, like, why can't we just have why can't why can't we just find a normal boring house like mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i don't know if you remember but do you remember how we would sometimes watch leave it to beaver i remember saying like we would sit around and watch it and i was like man you know i wish we had a normal family in a normal house <laughs> <laughs> i remember watching leave it to beaver and i i vaguely remember that i don't remember it exactly yeah dad was kind of upset about that but it's you know how could we not feel that way yeah i think we both felt like we were missing out on stuff yeah no i agree no i mean dude like circling back to the ptsd Mm -hmm. like so i actually ran across this subreddit and it's it's called like ctpsd and it's complex 
P, you know, complex PTSD. And it's like when it's not from like one event, but it's from like an ongoing situation. And, mm. you know, I don't know, I'm mm-hmm. not a psychologist, but I, that's completely, you know, that's completely possible. Yeah. Do you think you have PTSD a little bit from it? I wonder. Yeah. I think that would be normal or natural. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was intense at times. Like not just, I mean, it was an intense mess. Dad's drinking was intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an intense situation. Like sometimes, you know, I meant to mention this earlier when I, um, talked about like threatening the record player with my 357. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, man, it's kind of crazy that like nobody got shot at that house. Just like with the alcohol and the tempers and, the guns. and, and just so damn many guns. Yeah, no, I know. I know. All right, man, we're coming up on an hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about or ask me? I don't think so. How about you? No, I think we're good. Cool. All right. Well, I want to thank our listeners for taking this trip down a little bit of a cluttered or actually a very cluttered uh, memory lane, <laughs> like more than cluttered <laughs> down a memory lane. It was actually hard to walk down because there were so many impediments in the way. Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, for anybody listening to this, you know, we are not, you know, we are not experts at all, but um, the subreddit, uh, you know, reddit, R-A-D-D-I-T dot com slash R slash hoarding. If you just, if you just do a web search for Reddit hoarding, they actually have a, um, like a community fact and there's a lot of, you know, good resources and who knows, Jesse, maybe Jay Bear, maybe we should, uh, revisit this topic one of these days when, and if, you know, we have more thoughts on it. I mean, sure. Because like I said, it's the one thing that dad never really wrapped his head around. So it's, so I think that's in a weird sort of way too. like, and that I did think it was just laziness and kind of immaturity. And now I see it as something bigger and part of me wishes I could have seen it as something bigger then. Cause then it would have been like, Oh, Hey, there's this thing, you know, called hoarding and, and a lot of, and, or not even if I, even if I wouldn't have said it out loud, like, you know, from that subreddit I was talking about, there's a lot of um, just like helpful hints on how to help somebody clean. Like, you know, one of the biggest things is acknowledge that most hoarders have an emotional connection with everything. So don't say like, oh, these plastic forks that you took from Burger King four weeks ago, like this is just trash. But be like, hey, I know you think that you might need these forks someday. How about this? Why don't we get all the plastic forks together in a box? And if you don't touch it for a year, then we'll get rid of it. How does that sound? So just like things like that where you take where they're coming from seriously, Mm -hmm. but to actually try to help, you know, try to help them. Do you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. But I mean, I'm also not blaming us. I mean, we were kids. Like, right. that's the thing. No, like, it, it wasn't, wasn't our job. I mean, not at all. But it never hurts to know kind of what you're dealing with and, and understand like root causes and, right. you know. All right, man. All right. It was great talking to you. Yeah, you too. So with that, we're signing off. 